Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Geo and Joey Show. Joey, how are you doing today? Better than I deserve. Hey, you're taking my line, brother. <laughs> hey, no, that's good to hear. Look, we're going to try a shorter episode today. I know sometimes we've gone a little long, but today we're going to look at two little clips. And let me set this up. One clip, Joey, introduce us to what the first clip's going to be about before we actually show it. And then I'll talk about what the second clip is going to be about. A clip I shared with Gio, I thought was really relevant to the idea of this podcast in that sometimes we can talk about issues, particularly LGBT issues, and we can uh, not look at the humanness of the situation, right? We can talk about transgenderism, but we forget that there are people that are affected by these societal lies. And so we can talk in almost cruel ways. And on the Gio and Joy show, we definitely don't want to do that. And so I wanted to highlight this clip of a grandmother dealing with her granddaughter who identifies as, I believe, non-binary or male. Um, I'm not sure exactly. It was unclear. But she dealt with it in a way that I thought was, I thought set a good example for how we as Christians and Protestant Christians can interact in full truth, but also love. We can't sacrifice either, right? We can't, for the sake of love, we can't sacrifice truth, but for the sake of truth, we also can't sacrifice love, right? Because ultimately, what we believe as Christians, as Protestant Christians, is that God is love. Our public witness in all things, right, whether it's our political, what we're advocating for politically, what we're advocating for socially or culturally, right, we have to keep that in mind, right? God is a God of love, and so we need to deal with even those with whom we have stringent disagreements with in love. So I just thought this first clip would go a long way in, uh, in helping us come to a conclusion on how we can do that. That's a good point, and I want to reiterate it. Everything we do here at the Geo and Joey podcast, even though we're human, sometimes we may show some frustration, but we want to always do it in love. And if we have to apologize for something, one day we will. But we will never apologize for the truth, but perhaps in the way we deliver it. Let's show this first clip. I texted my parents because I'm going to go home for Christmas. And I said, hey, do you mind calling me Mike when I come back for Christmas? And then when I got home today, I got this letter from my grandma. And it is addressed to Miss Old Name. Not actually, but you know, I don't want to say my real name on the internet. Dearest dead name. On this, our Blessed Mother's Feast Day, I am writing to tell you that I will not address you as Mike. My decision is probably not a surprise to you. Others may comply with your request. My anguish in your chosen name and what that means has to do with your eternal soul. Know that I love you more than words could ever possibly convey to you. No matter how you decide to identify yourself does not change my deep love for you, honey. Because of my concerns for your soul and your mental health, I am spending more time with Jesus in adoration. The, my cousin's last names, are doing the same for you. Um, then she lists my one, two, three, four, five cousins that are below the age of ten, who are apparently, um, offering up special personal sacrifices for me, who I didn't tell, um, that I wanted to go by Mike. I didn't want to. I haven't talked with your godmother and her family, but I'm sure they would do the same for you. Do you know how much you are cherished and loved? It would be a joy to see you and be with you during the coming I mean, Christmas. Um, 
a celebration of our Lord's birth. I was very emotional and no doubt heartfelt by the individual reading that who we saw in the video. However, I know you and I side with the grandma. Your thoughts on what you heard. The first thing I wanted to point out is that obviously from some of the details of that letter, I think it's evident that the grandmother is a Catholic Christian. And so obviously Gian Joy would have some freedom with this person. But I thought what she did and in this letter, it really demonstrated the love of Christ to her granddaughter. And the other thing is, right, I did go and I viewed a few of this girl's TikToks. And she has made some other posts about this. And from her perspective, it's not a good thing, right? She doesn't see what her grandmother did as good. And the thing I would want to stress is that what this grandmother did, I have to imagine that it was incredibly agonizing for her. Because you think about it from the grandmother's perspective, she just wants to have a relationship with her granddaughter. She wants to spend time with her. And she's, in a certain way, risking the, that relationship. So in other words, particularly with transgenderism, Many times it might take years before, or if ever, for a change of heart. So it could very well be that this grandmother could go to her grave with her granddaughter angry at her. She doesn't want that. She doesn't want this separation. You could see in the letter, she's saying, it would be a pleasure to have Christmas with you. She still wants to have a relationship. But yet, because she cares about Obviously, her granddaughter's eternal soul and salvation. She can't sacrifice truth for that relationship. She could just go along and say, well, you know, what are a pronoun? What is a name? But ultimately, she knows that in this way, some tough love. And we see these detransition stories where I know Chloe Cole, she's one of the more prominent ones, where she has said, how come nobody told me that this was going to hurt me? How come no one said anything? Where... This granddaughter realizes this was a bad mistake, that she harmed her body, that these hormones or whatever hurt her. She's going to be able to look back and say, who were the people that loved me enough to tell me the truth? And I feel like there's so many people in our culture today that are dying for lack of the truth, for lack of enough courage on the behalf of their family, their friends, whatnot, to lovingly tell them the truth, not in a judgmental way, but in a, hey, I truly care about you. We have this relationship. So it's not some random person with a picket sign saying God hates these people. That's a kind of evangelism that I abhor. But a loving grandmother being like, I love you. And so here's what's up. What stood out to me about the letter is that in no aspect was the letter unclear. And in no aspect was the letter using any derogatory a language, no condemnation, no going to hell, just a grandmother who wasn't going to participate in the distortion of truth, yet still inviting the granddaughter to come home to celebrate with the family. Just because she's making this decision didn't mean that the grandma was going to exclude her from the family, that the grandma wasn't going to shun her from the family as some people do. She was trying to be loving, but also declaring the truth. And I think there's a quote I saw on the internet and speaking about these type of issues. And it says this, ambiguity on this issue isn't kindness, clarity is. We need to be clear on this issue, but we need to do it in love. One final thought on this is I think sometimes when we're talking about these issues, we can 
I think, unfairly not distinguish between individuals who are victimized by this and, say, political leaders or cultural figures who are pushing it. So in other words, this person is just some random kid. And sometimes people on the internet can be like, oh, we're going to tear down transgenderism by dogpiling on some kid. And I don't think that helps anything. Whereas your local congressman or somebody who's pushing this, you may have a harsher rebuke. But I think sometimes we just need to look at the humanity of the individual people. That reminds me of how Jesus treated people in the Bible. And the woman caught on adultery, she was not condemned. She was forgiven, told to go and sin no more. But his tone towards her and his tone towards the woman at the well, who was also in an adulterous relationship, was very different than the tone he used against the religious leaders who should have known better. For example, in the book of Matthew, chapter 23, he condemns them. He calls them whitewashed tombs and, and people who aren't worthy to lead, basically. I like how you brought that out because this young lady is caught up in the pathos or in the aura of the world we live in today. And she is just someone that needs to be loved back into the truth that isn't really advocating for this in the sense of pure clarity. She's just confused is how I look at it. As we wrap up this section, we didn't want to take too long on it. I think there's a quote that I want to share. It'll be on the screen that summarizes in a way what Joey and I believe about this young lady and many in her situation. The coin, though lying among dust and rubbish, is a piece of silver still. Its owner seeks it because it is of value. So every soul, however degraded by sin, is in God's sight accounted precious. As the coin bears the image and subscription of the reigning power, so man at his creation bore the image and subscription of God. And though now marred and dimmed through the influence of sin, the traces of this inscription remain upon every soul. God desires to recover that soul and to retrace upon it his own image in righteousness and holiness. It's from a book called Christ Object Lessons, page 194.3. I think it perfectly relates to the video with that grandmother's letter. I like the last line. Let me put it back. It says, God desires to recover that soul and to retrace upon it his own image in righteousness and holiness. He's not going to leave us the way he found us. He loves us too much for that. And all of us are sinners who fall short of the glory of God. All of us have our failings. But if he gets a hold of us, he will change us. Okay, now what we want to share in this second part real quick. We want to share a video of a song that was number one song for several weeks in the 80s. And the reason I want to share this, it shows you how little by little society has been implanting messages that contradict traditional values. And we're not going to play the whole song, just three minutes of it. But this was the people singing the song at a concert. And look what they tell you the song is all about. Now, put yourself in the shoes of the person who's being cheated upon. Would you celebrate this? to tell you a story, okay? But in order for me to tell you this story, you must, you just must use your imagination. Okay, ladies? 
Okay, first, imagine that this is the finest man you have ever seen in your life. Woo! Is he fine or what? But he's mine. And I love him. But on my way to rehearsal, I saw this man. around with him a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But I couldn't leave my man, could I? So, in order to have my cake and eat it too, I had to keep him a secret. Do we have any secret lovers out here in the house tonight? This is for you. stop it right there if you want to go listen to the whole thing you can but i want to point out a couple of things before i let you jump in one she says she can't leave her man because she loves him sorry honey you don't know what the word love means second she's basing her attraction to cheat on her man based on looks not thinking anything in the song about character not that you should be cheating on anybody to begin with. And then when she asked the crowd if there are any secret lovers, a bunch of people cheer, which shows you that the crowd was buying into this madness. The first thing that jumped out at me is her story. She said, now you really got to use your imaginations as if what she was about to say was somehow profound or some new thought. Listen, polyamory and sexual immorality, right? There's nothing new or original about any of that, even in the 80s. It's like, that stuff, like, we've developed, particularly in the Christian West, we've developed things that obviously culture's eroding that have guarded against that. But that's just the natural way of sinful people. There's nothing 
creative or original about adultery. Imagine if your wife is promoting this song or going to that concert or liking that type of music. <laughs> You'd be wondering, honey, is there anything you want to tell me about? <laughs> also, uh, yeah. one particularly illuminating line in the song is that we can't be found out because it would it would wreck our two happy homes. Obviously, you know, it's a song. That's what song critics are for. So that's what we're doing a little mm-hmm. bit here, playing our critic hat. I think that points to a broader problem in our society where we talk about freedom, what we have the freedom to do. And yeah, true. You have your own personal conscience and you get to make choices about the things you do. But there's also the flip side to freedom, which is duty and responsibility. And that's what's totally missed by this song and ultimately by our culture. So in other words, yeah, she has the freedom to go and do this. She also has a duty to her husband, to her kids, to her family, to her community, to the state that she took uh, her marriage oath to and to her church or whatever whatever other organization she took that vow in front of. So it's like, yeah, freedom, but flip side is duty. And in society, people want to avoid that. And look, I'm old enough to know you can listen to this song and not have an adulterous affair. But that's for the strong-minded. What about those who can be influenced by this? And we saw in a previous episode of the Gio and Joey show, the second part of the Aleister Crowley, where these young ladies listening to Eminem went on a suicide pact and killed themselves. So these songs have influence. And this was in the 80s. As you may be aware, songs today are even more overt and even more pushing this freedom without any duty or responsibility. Joey, I'll give you the last word as we wrap up. I'm actually going to shoot it over to Solomon real quick. In Proverbs chapter 5, I'll start reading in verse 1. It says, My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Turn your ear to my words of insight that you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge. For the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as gall sharp as a double-edged sword. And then he just goes on to say, like, basically just stay away. And obviously that applies, right, in real life, right, to the relationships you're forming and stuff. I don't know that it's that much difference, right, is like, because it's particularly the folks in the words. What about the artists, the adulterous artists that you're listening to? And that, obviously, it can be male or female. I think we could use Solomon. He was the wisest man who ever lived. So I think we can use some of his wisdom. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And, and I'll say this. Imagine that was a real case scenario, which unfortunately it plays out many times in history and in this society. Think of the wrecked kids, the wrecked marriages, two families ruined, two kids thinking less of their parents because there was a male involved and a woman involved. It's just not good for society. And yet they push it as something as exciting and novel, but it's not. Stay away from these type of affairs as Joey read. Until next time, keep listening. Tune in on Spotify or Apple Podcast or Google Play Store or here on the YouTube channel. Give us a subscription, a review, and thank you. Be blessed.